I love pizza. I love a lot of food that isn't good for me, which is painfully obvious. Um, I love music, all kinds of music, not rap or country. Can't stand country. Father, why don't we get a country band? Good luck. <laughs> love music. I, you know, I love my friends. I love my family. I love, you know, I've been in love uh, many times. Uh, one of the problems we have in English with the word love is we use it for all kinds of different things, but we don't mean the same thing. I don't love my family like I love pizza, <laughs> right? I don't love reading philosophy in the same way that I love listening to music. Um, I don't love strangers in the same way that I love those who, who I know, etc. And in English, though, there's no, there's no other words for love, really. And so we modify it, right? So we, uh, we basically say things like, well, I love you with my entire heart. I love you with my whole soul. I love your entire being, right? We have to make it more sort of extreme uh, to get the point across that you don't love your, your wife like you love pizza. Um, then again, maybe you do, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so we, we, we tend to you know, use, use other, other words to try to change our meaning of love. Well. One of the things I discovered when I, when I really started reading uh, kind of on my own right outside of uh, high school um, was the C.S. Lewis book, The Four Loves. And C.S. Lewis talks about how in Greek, uh, there are four different words for love, at least four. And this actually was really helpful to understand. It'd be really nice if we had more words for love in English, but we don't. But in Greek, they do. And so he details four types of love. He begins with storgi, which is sort of affectionate love, love that is a consequence of sort of uh, finding yourself in bound together somewhat naturally. So the love a mother has for her children or children have for their parents, etc. That kind of need-based love. And then uh, philia, which is friendship love. So these are these are now or these are sorry these are verbs. Sophilia is about friendship love. So people who love their friends and are, are you know come together with with common interests and pursuits and and you know the the great goodness that is friendship. And then of course there's eros, which is romantic love, not just sexual love but romantic love, being in love. And then finally there's agape, which is unconditional love. Um, sacrificial love. And Lewis is trying to get across to us that, you know, we ought to love different things and different people in different ways. Um, and then, of course, because he's a Christian writer, he writes about how God has loved us unconditionally, agape. Now, these loves are not necessarily exclusive. So, for instance, uh, your, your beloved, presumably you you know, you love with Eros, but you also might be friends. It's always helpful. Uh, so you might have friendship love and romantic love, and then hopefully also unconditional love, right? For your children, you, you might have this, 
this first type of love, storge, but you also would hopefully have unconditional love. And once, a lot of times when children grow up and they be, you know, they're older and they're out of the house, you can also kind of have friendship love with, with older children. Now, when Jesus tells us, and this is, this is helpful to understand the gospel, when Jesus tells us, I give you a commandment to love one another, to love one another, he's using the command form of agape love. He's not saying friendship love. Of course, he's not saying romantic love, and he's, he's not using another type of love. He's saying when you love, love like I have loved you, which is to say unconditionally. It's important to note that he doesn't say like everybody, which is really important distinction. He doesn't say you have to like everybody, which is, you know, I'm very grateful for myself because, you know, we just don't like it. It's just one of those things. We're not going to like everybody. You know, personalities are just not going to click and et cetera. It's just a natural thing. But we still are commanded to love those we don't like. And in fact, Jesus says elsewhere, um, loving those who love us isn't really hard. That doesn't separate us as Christians from the others to love those who love us. What separates us or what he wants to separate us from the others is that we love those who don't love us. We love those who are our enemies. We love those who have done us harm. And this kind of love, this unconditional love, sacrificial love, the love that is focused on the other and securing the other person's good, even to the point of self-sacrifice, this is the kind of love we're to have for those around us. In English, you know, we just, we hear about love and it, it unfortunately, it can become, uh, well, it can become confused, but it also can mean something other than Jesus means it, right? So, I mean, if everybody were to think of somebody in their life that they really don't like, or just a flat-out enemy, right? Somebody who's done you wrong, somebody who's done horrible things to you. We all have them. Think of that person, and Jesus is telling us today, he's actually not telling us, he's commanding us. It's a commandment. He's saying, you need to love them. That really brings it home. Think about your worst enemy at school or work. Hopefully not in church. <laughs> you know, but, but we just all have people like that in our lives we don't get along with or, or whatever. The Lord is saying, that's the one, or many, but that's the one that you need to focus on. That's the one you need to love. And again, it doesn't mean like them. It doesn't mean be in relationship with them. It doesn't mean try to, try to be friends with them. He's not saying be friends, philia. He's not saying that. He's certainly not saying date them, don't. They're enemies, right? So <laughs> the idea is that we love them the best we can, and then we probably need to get, get away from them as soon as possible. Right? And that's okay. That's actually okay. That's wise. It's, it's, it's prudent. You know, when we're in the midst of that sort of tension, we try to love them the best we can. And then sometimes we just have to excuse ourselves 
because to stay in their presence any longer makes it even more difficult. And so um, when we reflect then on what Jesus is saying, love as I have loved you. So his life, his modeling for us of how to treat others, but principally his death. His death is how he really, really showed his love for us. That he was willing, as St. Paul says, while we were still sinners and unrighteous, that he was willing to die for us, to do for us what we could not do for ourselves, to do for us that something we really had no right to. In fact, you'll even, you'll even hear it rendered while we are still enemies of God, right? Which is, which is to say we are still sinners. We, we have still we're still at that, in that space of having done wrong to God because of our sins, the Lord still loved us so much that he died, for him, he died for us. He gave up his life for us that we would be saved. That's the kind of love we are to have for others. And again, principally, it's going to be difficult to do that for people we don't like. So what I'd like to do, I'd like you to do, and I'll do it too, is think about somebody in your life that you really don't like, or maybe they've just been flat out awful to you, horrible to you, mean, school, work, maybe even family. Unfortunately, sometimes it's family. And then this week, put yourself in a position to have to love them in some way. Uh, somebody you can't avoid, somebody you see frequently. And instead of having the sort of interior disposition of, I can't stand this person, I have to get away, perhaps change that into, okay, Jesus is telling me that it's this person I have to love. So how can I, in this space, for for perhaps even just a short period of time, how can I focus on their good? How can I focus on their well-being and really try to assist in bringing that about in some even small way, even if it's just words of kindness, right? Uh, Words of of joy and goodness. And then, yeah, you you probably don't want to spend the whole day with them. I wouldn't advise that. But even for just a short period of time, extend this charity, this unconditional love for them, and see how it changes you. Because we can't change anyone else, right? However they treat us, however they are with us, we can't, we can't do anything to change them. The reason why the Lord wants us to love like he loved is because it changes us. It makes us more like him, which is in fact the goal. Please stand.